Women in History, a podcast about intersectional feminism, current events, and badass women in history. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Karis, and we're happy that you're here. So, before we get started with our current events portion, there's just a few updates. Um, I've been meaning to address something literally since, (laughs) like, the day our last episode got put out, and it's just been bothering me so bad, and so I've been super excited to record this episode because I fucked up and I said something by mistake. Um, When I was talking about Sarah Silverman... Uh, who was my badass woman last episode, I kind of went on this tangent about how part of comedy and life in general is sometimes crossing the line and then realizing that you fucked up and apologize and work to learn from the experience. But when I was talking about that, I meant to say I hate people who say they hate PC culture and that people are too sensitive. In quotations. Like, I hate people who say... (laughs) That people are too sensitive. Um, but I actually said, I hate PC culture. <sighs> um, I literally had it written, like, on my Word document. I hate people who say they hate PC culture. And then I said, I hate PC culture. And I realized it, like, the second I listened um, the day after the podcast. Not that we subscribe and listen to our own podcast. What? Like, that would be weird. No, I don't do that. Um... But, so I just wanted to say, hey, to anyone who caught that, I'm sorry. I really just misspoke. I'm not actually that big of an asshole. But if anything like that happens again where I do, um, my words get jumbled or I really just, like... Don't know what's... Don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, call us out. Yeah, please call me up. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Karis just dropped her ring. <laughs> Um, please call me out. Please tweet me if you see me in person. Just be like, hey, I didn't really like what you said there. And we can talk about it because part of this podcast is learning for all parties involved. Um, on a lighter note, we have stickers now. And they're so cute. They have our album logo on it. Is it called an album logo? Album cover? We're um, artists. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that um, our good graphic design pal, Maddie Worcester, made us. And so we got these stickers now. And so just um, find us <laughs> in person um, on campus at UMD. You'll find me dying. Um, <laughs> and Karis in the basement of the Richard Vaughn Museum. So if you want to venture out to fucking Superior, Wisconsin. Maybe just tweet us and we can figure it out. <laughs> tweet us. We can figure something out for you because we'd love to share these stickers with you because they're so cute. Um, and again, we're on iTunes and Google Play now, which is so awesome. So please like, review, and subscribe because that not only helps our visibility, but we actually really do want to know what you think about the podcast and yeah. what we've been doing. Yay. And lastly, this episode is brought to you by our new sponsor. Oh, crazy. Oh, amazing. So, so cool. Badass Women in History is excited to announce a new really cool partnership with Andy Hansen, an esthetician local to Duluth, Minnesota. She currently provides vegan, non-toxic, cruelty-free, all-natural beauty services as an independent contractor out of a local salon, Be North. 
At Be North, Andy provides full body and facial waxing, eyelash and brow tinting, as well as eyelash extensions, where she uses an adhesive that is latex and formaldehyde-free. Be North is located near the colleges at 1309 Kenwood Avenue. Andy takes clients by appointment only and can be reached at 218-461-7792. Again, 218-461-7792. For more information on the services she offers, check out B North, B like the B, BEENorth.org, or follow her personal Instagram page, which is at Andy with two eyes. No. Yeah. Andy in the sky with two Y's. Two eyes and two Y's. Two Y's. Oh no, it is just it's one Andy, eye. Yeah. <laughs> at Andy in, in the, the sky, sky with two Y's. Amazing. Look at that right one day. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> On top of her daily client load, Andy also has her own small business called Mindful Practice. With Mindful Practice, Andy researches new green product beauty products, helps other companies build their internet presence, and does collaborations and trades to reach her own her goal of bringing awareness to the beauty world. Through Mindful Practice, Andy partners and collaborates with another green beauty specialist and esthetician named Andrea. Andrea owns Organic Escape Studio in Carlsbad, California. Together, these two women have come up with an online green beauty store and blog where they're constantly researching and trying new brands to have the best possible ingredient list on their cyber shelves. Shop their online store and read more about the best ways to practice green beauty at theorganicescape.com. We're really stoked to promote all these amazing women-run small businesses because self-care is something that is really crucial for self-preservation. And so if your methods of self-care along the lines of beauty treatments and products, treat yourself. If you book a service with Andy at B North, mention this podcast, Badass Women in History, and you'll actually receive 10% off your first service with her. In addition, use the promo code MINDFUL um, for a free deluxe sample from theorganicescape.com. For more on these businesses and badass women, please follow uh, their social media accounts at mindfulpractice underscore and organicescapeskinstudio. Great. Awesome. So we're going to play it out and then we'll get started with our uh, current events. Awesome. today because Karis has a hometown badass woman to talk about at the end of the podcast, so we're going to even it out. Um, so, my current event... Which I'm super excited about. You don't know what it is. No, yet. I do. Oh, I told you. You told me. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, um, we got to talk about Rihanna's new makeup line, Yo. Fenty Beauty. Which I'm glad you told me because otherwise I would have talked about you are gonna, oh, yeah. that's really funny. That's probably the only time our topics are ever gonna overlap. Yeah. Ever. Um, if you're a new listener, me and Karis are very different. Are even though, yeah, we're pretty tight butts, but we are very, very different. So obviously, we bond over makeup and this podcast and kombucha. Those are like our three main things. Um, 
And one other thing that I actually talk about with my badass woman. So maybe that was a hint. Okay. For okay. Later <laughs> episode. So if you haven't heard, this makeup line is taking the country by storm. It's international too. There are a couple countries who like don't have it, like Brazil, which sucks. I see on Twitter they're all very sad. <laughs> um, but Fenty Beauty is awesome. And while I did go out and buy some stuff. What did you get? You got the foundation. What else did you and get? the kilowatt highlight. Check I want the trophy wife highlight. Oh, I got the kilowatt highlight. Can you see it in yes. these fourth floor um, library study lounge lights? They are amazing. I have the Pro Filter Foundation and Kilowatt Highlight. 11 out of 10. Beard dripping down my face proof. <laughs> Sweat proof. So nice. Um, very matte and lightweight. Yeah, you look very matte today. <laughs> Besides my highlight. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, but I want to dig a little deeper past, like, just, like, how good quality the products are, which I could talk about for, like, another, like, half an hour, because they're so awesome, but the actual concept of Fenty Beauty is pretty, um, cool, it's, the whole concept of it is beauty for all, which was, like, Rihanna's motto for making this beauty line, she has stated in multiple interviews about how much, um, work and thought she put into every single shade from really light shades for people with albinism all the way to several darker shades and as a very uh pale ass pasty ginger with a lot of um, (laughs) with a lot of uh like red undertones my skin is very red i always had a hard time finding a shade that was pale enough for me and had the right contrasting undertones i.e green (laughs) Um, But I never realized how underrepresented darker skin shades were in the world of makeup, too. A lot more than just my pasty ass. Um, So much more. Um, Makeup companies are notorious for not having enough dark shades. They'll have, like, one or two, and it's like, nope. (laughs) That's it. That's all there is. Um... Luckily, Rihanna knew what she was doing, and she created so many different shades for um, darker skin women, and she stocked enough supplies for two years, which is also a big deal because she didn't want her line to be inaccessible with the chance of people reselling it for profit. The, the prices are also like pretty reasonable. I mean, $35 for a liquid foundation, like in the grand scheme of in terms of quality and quantity because it's like a pretty big tube it's not that bad because I probably go through like a seven dollar palette of like cover girl like every other week anyway (coughs) excuse me my I am dying (laughs) just getting over the plague at UMD so bear with me in my gross voice um so she had enough stock for two years And people were saying that, like, the, even though Rihanna made a bunch of darker shades, like, people wouldn't buy them. Like, people wouldn't care. And the darker shades are selling out faster than the lighter shades, which is so cool. Which, 
she was stuck. That important. It was that important. She was stuck for two years. Like, or um, all other sorts of makeup companies now are like scrambling to promote their darker shades. Like, if you go on like um, Kylie Jenner's like makeup line, she's like trying to promote like her like <laughs> one dark shade. She's like, hey, I have this one. <laughs> competitive. Um, also, I think Estee Lauder was doing a similar thing, which is just annoying because it's like, oh, it took this amazing business model by uh, run by a black woman, promoted by a black woman who knew what the fuck she was doing and took so much shit for like making all these extra foundations and shades and stuff to, like, succeed for the other big companies to be like, oh, actually, (laughs) black women want to buy makeup, too? I gotta promote that. That's so shitty that that's all happening now. But nobody's really buying it um, from, like, all those other companies. Everybody's like, Rihanna, I'm here for you. Yeah. Even all of her advertisements have, like, so many different kinds of women, like, represented, and it's just so cool to see. Brianna says Fenty Beauty was created for everyone, for um, all shades, personalities, attitudes, cultures, and race, races. She said she wanted everyone to feel included. That's the real reason she made the line. I'm so here for this. I love Rihanna. Not to be dramatic, but I would probably die for Rihanna. And I also have thought about taking more student loans out to buy more makeup from this line. So <laughs> I will keep you updated. I might have to go to the mall after Yeah, go to Sephora. It's <laughs> worth it. All right. All right. And we're ready to start with Badass Woman? Yeah, we're ready to start okay. going to the namesake of the podcast. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need to rest my voice. Okay, well, let's see. Hopefully we're not going to say what. <laughs> if we do, then we can just have like a really good discussion. Okay, so my badass woman this week is Frida Kahlo. Okay, that's okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I was so worried that we were going to have the same one this week. So I tagged, because what happened is I tagged you in something on Facebook. I know, I should have known. And you loved it. Like, yes. you love reacted it. And I was like, oh, I'm totally going to do her. And then this morning I was like, shit. Well, dude, I love Frida Kahlo, so you better do a really good job. Okay, so. Oh. I'm glad my laptop needs me. Um, so, I've loved Frida Kahlo ever since I was a freshman in high school. Um, my Spanish 2 and 3 uh, teacher, we called her Profe. Um, she introduced her to us, and we studied her as part of our um, Spanish arts unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and her touring collection actually came to Atlanta um, at the High Museum of Art, and so we went as a class, uh, and we saw to New York, Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta! Atlanta. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> so we uh, we went to Atlanta for the day. saw saw it. It was amazing. And I actually bought socks with her on them. I don't know if you've seen those. I still own those. I wear them very often. And they say, "I'll have to check." They them. have like they have one of her self portraits on them. So, Frida was born July 6, 1907 in Mexico City, Mexico, and her father was called Wilhelm, and he was actually a German photographer who had immigrated to Mexico and married her mother, um, I think it's Matilde. Okay. But it is might it, be, it might be, is there an e, e after? It's an Matilda. E. Matilda, okay. Yeah. I was, I didn't know. And then she had three sisters. 
At age six, she contracted polio and was bedridden for nine months. She recovered, but she had a limp when she walked because the polio had damaged her right leg and foot. Uh, her father encouraged her to have an active life that included sports like swimming, soccer, and wrestling to help her recovery. In 1922, Kahlo entered uh, the renowned National Preparatory School one of the few, as one of the few female attendants, and she became known for her love of traditional and color colorful clothing and spirit. That year, Mexican muralist Diego Rivera was working on a project painting a mural uh, called The Creation in a lecture hall at the school, and Frida would often go watch him at work. On September 17, 1925, Frida Kahlo was traveling on a bus when it collided with a streetcar. Frida was impaled by a street handrail which went into her hip and came out the other side, fracturing her spine and pelvis. And she survived and was actually only at the hospital for a few weeks. And she went home to continue to recuperate. And that's when she started painting. But she, like, never recovered. She like, never, like, really recovered. She always dealt with the pain from that. So she reconnected with Diego Rivera in 1928. And he encouraged her artwork. And they began dating, getting married the next year. And they traveled a lot because of Rivera's commissions for murals. And, of course, um, she could paint anywhere. Um what I find most captivating about Frida's work is the way she illustrates her pain. In 1932, she painted, um, it's called Henry Ford Hospital, where she appears naked on a bed with a fetus, a snail, a flower, a pelvis, and a bunch of other things floating around her, uh, connected to her by red strings. Um, and they think that this, um, or they pretty much know that this is connected to her, uh, one of her many um, miscarriages that she had. She really, really wanted to have a kid, but... I'm assuming it was definitely connected to the whole pelvis spine breaking yeah. thing that she was never really able to. In 1938, Frida had a major exhibition in New York City, and she actually sold about half of her 25 paintings there, which is a huge deal. And she received two commissions as a result. In 1939, she went to Paris, where she became friends with Pablo Picasso. And while she was there, she actually divorced Diego Rivera that year and created one of her most famous works, The Two Fridas. In this one, she's pictured sitting next to herself um, all in white with a damaged heart, and then there's blood on her dress. And then the other Frida is in bold colors with an intact heart, um, which a lot of people see as the loved and unloved Frida. Frida and Diego actually got remarried in 1940, but they led pretty separate lives after that. So they were married, but they didn't live together and were mostly traveling the rest of the time. In 1941, she was commissioned by the Mexican government to create five portraits of Mexican women, but she wasn't able to finish the project with the declining health, with her declining health, and she actually lost her father that year as well. In 1944, she created the Broken Column, which depicted a nude Frida Kahlo split down the middle, revealing her spine as a shattered decorative column. She has a sur surgical brace on, and her skin is studded with tacks or nails. Um, this was painted during a time of many surgeries and wearing corsets to try and fix her back. And you can just feel Frida's pain in this and what she was going through at the time. In 1950, she was diagnosed with gangrene in her right foot and she spent nine months in the hospital. Did I say that right? Gangrene, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she spent nine months in the hospital and did several operations. In 1953, she had her first solo exhibition in Mexico. She was actually bedridden at the time, and doctors said she wouldn't be able to attend opening night, but badass Frida Kahlo had an ambulance take her to the exhibition and a four-poster bed set up in the gallery, so she would she laid in the bed and talked to the attendees. So, fuck you, gangrene. She got uh. to go to her exhibition. 
A few months later, Frida had her right leg amputated to stop the spread of gangrene. She became depressed and hospitalized again in April 1954 due to poor health. She contracted bronchial pneumonia uh, and then passed away a week after her 47th birthday on July 13th in her childhood home. Frida Kahlo was a greatly appreciated artist in her lifetime, which isn't always the case with a lot of great artists, and her fame is only grown. Her work still travels, and actually just last week, the V&A Museum in London just announced a 2018 exhibition of her work. Her art still speaks to so many people. Frida overcame so many illnesses and tragedy in her life and continued to create beautiful, thrilling art until the end. I love Frida Kahlo. I love her. Um, Yeah, the theme of her, like, chronic pain and health issues is so prevalent in all of her artwork and you can just like when you see it you can just like feel feel it Mm -hmm. It, and when your body isn't working right it's hard for your like brain to work right like emotionally so yeah but yeah i i love looking at her artwork and also there's a movie out oh yeah there was a movie that came out and i think julie taymore directed it yeah Um, it had uh who played frida Kahlo? I want to say Sana Hayek or Penelope Cruz. No, it wasn't Penelope Cruz. Um, Frida movie. Um, um, yeah, Sana Hayek. Nice. Oh, that one came out in 2002. Yes. Yeah, I. She's so cool. I feel like there's been almost like. A resurgence of people appreciating um, Frida Kahlo lately. She's kind of been like a a present-day feminist icon. I know I read with, I think it was the 1970s feminist wave. Mm -hmm. That that really, really brought her work back, uh, back to life, which... I say back to life, but it really only been about 15 years since she passed away, so I don't know if it ever really went away, but... Yeah, she, I mean, so many people um, wear, like, shirts with her face on them and with and all sorts of stuff, um, but yeah, she, she's been a really big icon. I have also read some things about how, like, she didn't like that because she was like half white basically because her dad was German she didn't like when people would say that she had Eurocentric features because she didn't like like white people and so there's this really good article I have pulled up now from Affinity uh, Magazine which if you're not familiar it's kind of targeted at like teenagers Um, but it's super super cool so follow it Um, but it basically says like Gringo's Frida Kahlo would not want to be on your shirt. Ooh. And so she's just like, she's so cool. I, Frida Kahlo rocks. She rocks my soul. Yeah, she's so cool. I'm really happy that you chose her and also that I didn't choose her this week. <laughs> I love her. She would probably have been on my list. So you did a really great job. Thank you. Thank you. And I got most of my information from biography.com and also the Frida Kahlo website. Nice. Nice. That's great. I love her. Okay. <laughs> so here's mine. I'm so interested <laughs> to know. 
My badass woman for this episode is Carrie Brownstein. <laughs> yeah, that probably would have been the one that overlapped. I yeah, think so. Yeah. <laughs> so Karis and I really like Portlandia. That's like the third thing we bought. Oh yeah, makeup. What is it? Or the makeup? Fourth, thing, fourth thing. Makeup, kombucha, this podcast, fourth thing, Portlandia. Portlandia. <laughs> and that's like the, our fourth thing that we have in common, I Amazing. think. Um in our hair cut. <laughs> in our haircuts now. On our stickers, our stickers have like our very distinct haircuts that we had when we first started recording this podcast. And now both of us, like we have the same haircut now, just like super short now. And um, today we both curled it. So. Yeah. We, <laughs> amazing. Sorry, April, your photographs are going to look the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Oh, no. We're going to get our photos taken by. Can we get me a new Facebook profile picture? Dude, no, she's making her faces symmetrical on each side. We're gonna look ugly as sin. Yeah, go white. Uh, You're gonna have two holes. I know. I know. Somebody told her that and she started laughing so hard. Okay, bringing it back. My badass woman for this episode is Carrie Brownstein. I have had Carrie in the works since we started this podcast, and I was just waiting for the right episode for her. Um, I, this is a good episode for that, I think. Yeah, yeah, I was really sick earlier this week. I still am a little uh, phlegmy. <laughs> and so that's why I sound so disgusting. I'm so sorry. Also, my asthma is kicking my ass. Um, point being, I watched so much Portlandia this Amazing. week. And season seven just came out on Netflix, so like I have been fuck cruising. I've been cruising. I love Portlandia. Um, yes. So Carrie Brownstein is a musician, writer, producer, director, and actress. Um, you might know her from Portlandia. Like she is like the woman on Portlandia. There's along a with Fred Armisen. There's a woman and a man. Fred Armisen and Carrie. They're best friends in the entire world, mm. and they have the show together. Um, but if you are into punk music, oh yes, I know about this. She also plays the guitar and does vocals for Slater Kimmy, which is like a pretty big deal. Slater <laughs> Kimmy is one of like my favorite bands. Um, I love punk music. I feel like I've talked about that before. <laughs> Probably every single episode I talk about that. Um, but so she's in Slater Kimmy, um, and they put out an album a couple of years ago. It's very good. Um, she also put out a book in 2015 called Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl, which is a lyric from one of her, her songs, um, which I read two summers ago. It's very good. It's probably, like, the only, like, memoir I've ever read in my life. It's awesome. Um, I highly recommend it. She was born in September 1974 in London, Washington. She has a younger sister. Her parents had divorced when she was 14. In her book, she talks a lot about um, how her mom dealt with mental health issues, and she just kind of, like, left. Mm -hmm. um, and so then she was just raised by her dad with her little sister. She started playing the guitar when she was 15, and then she went to Olympia, Washington for college. So Olympia, Washington, and Seattle, Washington are, like, very important in... Um, the grunge scene, because keep in mind, this is in, like, the 90s now. She's college age, going to Olympia for college, so that's 
a big deal if she plays the guitar. And so, of course, like, that scene's gonna yeah. suck her up. Um, and then she moved to Portland in the early 2000s, so that's um, where she was. I know, I really <laughs> want to go to grad school in Portland. Um, she moved there in the early 2000s, that's where she kind of got the inspiration, or start getting the inspiration for Portlandia. Um, when she went to Evergreen State College in Washington... Brownstein met important figures in the Ryan Girl movement, like Kathleen Hanna, who you may know from the band Bikini Kill. They have a song called Rebel Girl, which is, like, really good. It's, there's Sounds like, like something we should have made our theme. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll get to it eventually. But it's very good. Listen to it on Spotify if you like girls yelling. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, side note about the Riot Girl movement, I just want to talk about that for a hot second because I actually am kind of disappointed in myself that I haven't talked about this yet in the podcast ever. So if you're not familiar with the Riot Girl movement, it's Riot, but girl with R's instead of I's. Um, like GRL. Oh, okay. Um, it's a music and art movement based off of third wave, third wave feminism, which is like 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where intersectionality actually became the main focal point. So that's really cool for yes. this podcast. Um, anyways, so the Right Girl movement had chapters and bands, meetings, crafts, um, zines, all sorts of cool things. Women, women building zine. each other up. They did music and art and rallies that addressed sexual assault, domestic abuse, racism, the patriarchy, empowerment, all that good stuff. So some of the main bands in this movement focused out of Washington are Bikini Kill, Excuse 17, and Hole, and then Slater Kenny later. Um, Excuse 17 was Carrie's first band, and then Slater Kenny came after. I oh and Hole is like Courtney Love's band. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Hole is like one of my favorite bands in the world. Um, I encourage everyone unfamiliar with the Rad Girl movement to research it. Um, it's super awesome. I very interesting. There's a couple Netflix documentaries about it about uh, Bikini Kill and Kathleen Hanna. It's really really awesome. Cool to check out. I was really into grunge music when I was young. I still am, but that's where I kind of got my start in music. And so I first started listening to, like, Nirvana, but then I kind of got to, like, um, Riot Girl music when I was, yeah, like, 13. And that's kind of how I got exposed to feminism was, like, through Riot Girl music. So, not to sound like a snob or anything. <laughs> not to sound like a snob, um... But Rat Girl stuff just comes with kind of being an angsty teen interest in listening to Nirvana, you know? And then later to Holland, to Kenny Kellen, Slater Kenny. I mean, it kind of explains the flannels, but also, like, I'm just greasy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a scientist. Oh, that's true. (laughs) So, like I said, Carrie is in both Excuse 17 and Slater Kenny. She's a big deal in the movement. In 2006, Rolling Stone magazine said she was one of the most underrated guitarists of all time. Oh, wow. I know. She was the, it was 25 um, underrated guitarists, and she was the only woman to earn a spot on it. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. Okay. So, she is openly bisexual and dated her bandmate, Corinne Tucker, for a few years. Um, Corinne is is also bisexual, and I learned this from the book. She, they, she's, like, the front woman of Slater Kinney. Carrie is the guitarist, right? And they dated. And then their drummer's Janet. But, so Corinne and Carrie dated... They broke up, and then Corinne ended up, like, getting married to a dude and, like, having a kid. Mm-hmm. And Carrie, like, writes a lot of songs about, like, how broken up she was about the breakup with Corinne. Aww. But she was actually outed in an interview from Spin Magazine where she, like, talks about... Um, so, in the book, she basically says, like, um... I did this interview with Spin Magazine um, where I commented about um, Corinne and it got published and her dad called her and went and said the Spin article is out um, do you want to let me know what's going on what? yeah she said the ground was pulled out from underneath her her dad did not know that Corinne and her had ever dated or that she even dated girls. But now she like she's openly uh she's open about her sexual identity, you know, and Yeah. It's just like one thing when you're like out it, you know. Yeah. You can't do it on your own terms. Um That's frustrating. But she also has said like in interviews, um people just like no one has she said that people have never just, like, straight up asked her, like, hey, like, what's your sexual identity? People just always assume, like, I'm this, I'm that, and she's like, I am cool with just being like, hey, like, yeah. okay, I'm just bisexual, you can just ask me, it's yeah. okay. Um, so yeah, that, it's a bummer that she got outed, but she's very open about that part of herself, and so if you're interested... And listening to more LGBTQ plus musicians, definitely check out Carrie and look at her other work with um, Portlandia. Watch Portlandia. Watch uh, that is your thing. It's very weird. Like Portland is weird. Um, I love Portlandia so much. Um, her relationship with Fred Armisen is super cute because they just like. Their friendship is... I know, she's, like, they're very, like, intimate, but not, like, sexually and physically. They're just, like, they know, like, everything about each other. It's very sweet. Um, yeah, she's also been, um, in a few movies, directed a few things, been on, um, SNL doing cameos and stuff, done voices on, like, Archer and stuff, but... (coughs) <coughs> yeah, excuse me. Every she's pretty, pretty cool. I I love Carrie Brownstein. She her music's really awesome, and her uh, her role in the Riot Girl movement is so cool and important. And I'm also so sad that the last season of Portlandia is like season eight, like this next one. So, yeah, that's what I have on Carrie. Nice. Uh, yeah, I hope you liked it. I was very yeah. scared that we were going to have <laughs> this same person. I thought you were going to do Carrie, too, because I figured that you knew the season. No, I didn't know that it came out. Yet. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, good. Okay, well, I'm going to play us out for just like a hot minute, then we can do your badass woman of the week, your hometown badass woman. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Catch you back in like 10 seconds. Alright, so this week's um, Badass Sum of the Week comes from my really good friend, Courtney Huskins. Um, she is one of my personal heroes and good, good friends. And she's from your hometown? Yeah, she's from my my hometown, so I guess hometown badass woman has a couple connotations. Yeah. Um, Courtney, you're my badass woman. Oh, so <laughs> sweet! Um, so, she writes, I've been privileged with being surrounded by some seriously incredible women. <laughs> I'm putting it back in my mouth. Kara's just sucking the gum out of her mouth and put it in her hand and I was going to take it for her. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Courtney. I've been... <laughs> I'm so sorry, Do you Courtney. <laughs> I've been privileged with being surrounded by some incredible women, women in my life. Uh, in their own way, each have taught me how to stand on my own, how being soft in an incredibly hard world is something worth being proud of. And how to be in constant pursuit of transforming, transforming myself to be the best I can be. It's kind of amazing to look at the patchwork of myself and see the different pieces of each of these women in my makeup. When Karis asked if I wanted to submit a hometown badass, the first woman that came to my mind was Blair. She's my ca- campus's chaplain, a minister, and a professor. She performs all of these duties with an envi- enviable grace, and she's vulnerable enough to admit that she makes mistakes. Blair challenges me to live my life with extravagant love and overflowing grace. She preaches with a simplicity that is accessible for everyone that sits under her, and she teaches a broad scope of concepts well. I don't know if I've ever been more honored to be in close communication with someone as fierce and as fiery as her. That is amazing. I love that. That is one of the cutest things like I've ever... Courtney is like... the most eloquent person. Yeah, that was very eloquent. That was very nice. I hope Blair listens to this and gets to hear those kind words that Courtney said about her. Yeah. Because that's that's something special. Courtney's sign-off is her her pronouns as well, which is cute. That's very cute. I love it. Yes, so just a reminder, feel free to send us your badass one of the week if you can write it as eloquently as <laughs> the bar can. has been set. The bar has been set. <laughs> or not, we just love to hear more about your everyday extraordinary women. Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, before we really bring the podcast Wait, no, to I want to plug my social a needs. close, we're going to plug our <laughs> social media remind you to rate and subscribe and review yes. on iTunes and Google Play and we'll plug our social media again and then we'll just give you one last reminder of our sponsor and then we'll go. Yes. So my social media everywhere is at Charismatics, so C-A-R-Y-S-M-A-T-I-C-S. Mine is at straight with an eight, out of flake, like a frosted flake. (laughs) 
or like my hometown, Forest Lake, Minnesota. Amazing. Um, if you do want to follow my Instagram, it's just at underscore Kaylee Crogston. And I have upped my Insta aesthetic lately. Ooh. I mean, kind of. My new... What do you mean? You put, well, you put my a boyfriend new, on? No. <laughs> I was going to say, well, my new bay has such a fire Instagram aesthetic that he, like, posted a picture of us on his Insta, and all of oh, his yeah. buddies started following me, and Do I not? Oh, I don't follow him. all of his buddies started following me, and I was like, fuck, <laughs> I have to have a good Insta set if, if I'm dating him, like, <laughs> like, he has such a good Insta aesthetic, and so I had to up my game. So, follow me at underscore Kaylee Crogstead. Why is he can... followed by Duluth Campbell Company? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Anyway. Um, yeah. So follow me if you want to see pics of me, my cat, or me, and my bae drinking beer. Um, and mine's just also just charismatics. Yes. yes. And we talk about our podcasts on it, too, with links to our new episodes and all that good stuff. All right. And, again, another reminder that if you are in the Duluth area or even just the Minnesota area... Uh, and you want to book anything with Andy, um, so she's at B North. You can check her out at bnorth.org, or you can contact her at 218-461-7792. And if you mention this podcast, Badass Women in History, you get 10% off your first service with her. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. She does awesome services. Get those eyelash extensions. And of course, as well, go to theorganicescape.com. Use the code MINDFUL, M-I-N-D-F-U-L, and you get a free deluxe skincare sample with any purchase. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. We're so happy you're here and you're listening. I hope you have a good um, next couple of weeks. And we'll see you the week after next. Bye. Bye.